Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen. Andy's away hanging out with the kids on the lake. Matt joins us this week. He'll be here every day, I believe. Who knows? Maybe we'll get Except Thursday. Thursday, not here, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll figure something out. But how was the weekend? What was going on? I don't think – I think we finally had a winner of a golf tournament that the Bedsports guys didn't pick. I can't remember if Cantley was in there. I don't know if I saw that. I don't remember that either. I would have to check. I think this might be the, the rare miss for the Bedsports golf group, but that's okay if you've been the tailing their out. You've been tailing their outrights all year. You're, you're making some money. That's okay. Uh, weekend was good. I had what seemed like the 30th wedding or so I've been to this year. So that was this summer. That was not, not that much. That's an exaggeration. Uh, but yet, yet another wedding. A lot of fun, but a busy weekend. How about yourself? It's pretty good. It's, it's getting a lot of basketball stuff done. I don't have any NBA picks for us today, but I'm going through. I'll definitely have one for us for win total Wednesday. And yeah, I guess, folks, if you want to get married, become friends with Matt Rooney because uh, – he is, it's, there was a movie about guys like you, wasn't there? The Dane Cook movie or something. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's watched a lot of the golf. Um, even had a little bit of baseball on from time to time. You know what Overall, the best part about my weekend was, though? The best mm. part of my weekend is that the, I, I knew that that was the last Saturday and the last weekend I would have to spend not watching college football for a very, very, very long time. And that made me kind of just put a smile on my face on Saturday and on Sunday and even today a little bit. It's like, man, it's game week. Not not the best slate this this Saturday, but we got a nice little Big Ten matchup with Northwestern Nebraska. We got some good we got some games to watch. It's college football on my TV. I can't wait. I didn't realize that you're right. Last weekend was weekend minus one, weekend zero. Yeah. Now we're yeah exactly weekend negative one. Now we're at zero, and then we get on. We're we're one two three four. <laughs> can't wait. Well, it's I'm just going to try to pay attention today because apparently the New York Knicks are trying to trade five first round draft picks for for. Uh, Donovan Mitchell that floated out this morning. So we'll see. Hopefully I can figure that out. They'll obviously have a big impact on both of their win totals. And we'll probably talk more about that. But since you're here, we've got some baseball. What's happening today? I didn't look. Do we have day ball? I was going to say I have a surprise for you. We have some day baseball today. The White Sox and the Royals are playing a, a makeup game in Kansas City. It's a it's a two ten first pitch. We have some day baseball, so of course I have a pick there. Um, and then we have uh, some fun rivalry matchups. I got a Mets Yankees pick. Uh, I will start with the day baseball pick, though. It's the White Sox and the Royals. Um, I also gave out in my uh, my blog this morning. I do want to give it out on here, but I'm still going to talk about it because it's it's not as fun of a bet. But Caesars has, in addition to first half unders, like first half, first five unders, they'll give you first three lines as well. Um, White Sox Royals first three innings under two and a half was like minus 125, minus 130. I thought that was some really good value. The Royals struggle to score. The White Sox have been struggling to score for pretty much all season. Uh, Michael Kopech's been solid. Daniel, I guess Daniel Lynch has been okay for the Royals, but again, the White Sox struggled to hit everybody. Um, So I really like that total, but I'm going to go with Yoan Moncada uh, to record an RBI today since the start of the Houston series, which was uh, six games ago. I believe he's got six. He's got RBIs in six of his last seven, and I think he's got double-digit RBIs over that stretch. So while he's not necessarily putting up the best numbers, his, his batting average is still kind of the, the low 200s around around that stretch. But his numbers, his splits, I think I've talked about it here before with runners in scoring position, runners on base has been like wildly impressive. He's hitting like 400, 500 with runners on base. He's one of the only White Sox you know, actually hitting well uh, in those pressure situations. So plus 145 for him to drive a run home. Something he's done in six of the last seven contests. Sign me up for that. I'll happily take a chance on it. Uh, he, he's got 
he's hitting fifth or sixth, so he's got a lot of talent in front of him. Guys like Jose Abreu getting on a lot, Eloy Jimenez getting on a lot, so he should have his chances to drive in some runs. And uh, the Mets' first half result against the Yankees at minus 115. Uh, I, I talk about these all the time when we're on here. I feel like I, there, there's certain pitchers that I'm just kind of going to blindly back during these first half bets. One, uh, one of them being Max Scherzer going for the Mets tonight. Um, even when he has a quote unquote bad start against the Braves, he allowed four through six and a third. I think Dan's Braves, I think one of the few teams to actually get to him this year a little bit. Mets still ended up winning the game. Uh, so I, I like Scherzer against the struggling Yankees offense. I know they snapped out of it maybe a little bit over the weekend with a couple of wins but that Yankees offense is really, really struggling. Mets going to Yankee Stadium. It'll be a hostile environment. And Max Scherzer is one of those guys that thrives under the spotlight in those big moments on the road, getting to be the bad guy, getting to be the villain. I think he's going to go into Yankee Stadium pitch really, really well. You have Mets team coming off a amazingly fun clutch win yesterday against the Phillies. They just kind of kept coming back. They got some momentum riding with them. Uh, so give me the Mets minus 115 first half with Max Scherzer on the mound. Uh, going up against the pitcher in Domingo Herman, who's just been okay in limited action for the Yankees this year. I like, I like all these things that I'm hearing. I don't like that we have to support the Mets, but I get it. I know. I mean, I, I, you probably didn't like it yesterday. I, I was at a neutral observer that game against the Phillies yesterday where they just kept hitting home runs to come back. Like it was just, it was a fun baseball game. They're, they're a fun team right now. And they just, they have a little bit of a team of destiny feel to them. And I, I after seeing, I'm not sure Dan wants to see it, but have, after seeing the, the last couple of Braves Mets series, I really hope we get them in the playoffs in an ALDS or ALCS. Cause that with that coupled with the rivalry aspect to it would be so much fun as a neutral observer. The only thing I really know is that any true Mets fan never feels safe and just knows that this no. is the buildup that will probably lead to something terrible. But maybe I was listening to a I was listening to a, a podcast with a Cubs fan hosting it the other day, and it was kind of similar. He was saying like, "Man, this feels a lot like like 2016 for the Mets. Like you're 2016 for the Cubs this year for the Mets. It's like we knew we were good all year. We knew we were one of the best teams in baseball." just you kind of kept expecting something to happen because of the team you're rooting for, you know, rooting for the Cubs, things always bad happen. You root for the Mets. You just expect something awful to happen, but good for them. I mean, something awful hasn't quite happened yet. So see if it keeps rolling. I can take it. All right, let's jump in a little tennis. Cause you know, there's only one baseball game this afternoon and I don't actually really want to watch it. I'll probably be watching tennis. It's the week before the U S open Matthew and I'll actually be at the U S open for the first couple of days. So this is kind of an interesting transition week because you have some players that are focused on the U S open. You have other players that are trying to play in some of these smaller events and uh, we'll jump into them here. I actually probably have some U S open outrights for us tomorrow. Some of those prices are starting to reopen. We'll try to get ahead of some moves here before the draw, but let's jump into today. WTA Cleveland for 250 points. You got a handful of women here that, um, should be having some good tennis. We'll start with Shuai Zhang. She plays against Katarina Siniakova. Zhang is a really tough player to handicap. She has these just periods during the year where she's fantastic. She's all of a sudden winning tennis matches and then suddenly snaps back to losing almost every first-round match she plays. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with some of the conditions. A lot of it has to do with the opponents here. And coming off a really strong week in Cincinnati, these courts in Cleveland should play nicely for her game. I um, think she'll be able to push through here. And just as a generally more stable player, Siniakova, I actually wonder kind of how locked in she's going to be. She's got to get to the U.S. Open, start getting ready for some of the double stuff and, you know, pushing to sort of practice to take advantage of the few singles matches she's had where, again, Zhang doesn't really have too much to, to prep for. I think it's going to be a strong week for her. And I had this closer to minus 130. So anything minus 115 or better 
looks pretty good to me. And we're going to start with a parlay here. And Halina Kalanina. It's kind of a fun name to say. A lot of Enas in there. That is a good name. Minus 225 against Laura Siegman. And Laura Siegman stinks. She used to be a solid player um, up until about a year and a half ago with someone that I actually enjoyed betting. It was a great over bet. But it's just sort of casually just been getting killed all season, especially by younger, better players, which is exactly what we're looking at here. I had this closer to minus 300 myself. So 225 sounds great. I'll put that with a Katarina Alexandrova. She's just minus 315 against Lauren Davis, who um, Davis always struggling with injury issues, but generally gets overwhelmed by better players, especially ones with strong serves. That's exactly what we're looking at here in Alexandrova. So the price on her at 315, I had that closer to minus 400. You put the two of them together, we get to plus 100. And another parlay here, Martina Trevisan. This is what I thought about maybe playing just by herself. You know, she's minus two and a half games, only right around minus 155. But when I started to look at the money line, I had it closer to minus 190. Um, so happy to take that 154 and then put it with Madison Brangle, who is someone I've definitely poked fun at in the past, but having kind of a resurgence here has seemed to find something. I don't know what has happened late in her career, but the tennis level has been much better this season than it has been the last couple of years. And she goes against Vavara Gatreva, a player I love to bet against and hasn't won a match, and I believe in her last 12 matches. She is 0-12 over the last month or so. So I think that continues. Again, I look at the number. Brangle was minus 300. I had it closer to minus 380, almost minus 400. Put the two of them together, you get plus 120. And then in Granby, uh, this is in Canada, Matt. Do you know where Granby, Canada is? I wouldn't even begin where to guess that. Reed might know. Reed might have an idea, but I do not know where Granby, Canada is. Why don't you tell me? Apparently, it's in Quebec. So I guess you have to speak French if you're going to go to the Granby tournament. But again, if you live in northern Vermont or you're in Maine, it's a pretty close drive and it should be a fun event. But we'll start with what I expect to be a blowout here. Daria Kasakina goes against Greet Menon. Greet Menon has just been getting pummeled. Um, again, not really sure what's happened to her. And, you know, Andy and I always sort of joke about this a little bit, Matt, but um, her, she used to have a girlfriend that was on tour and they broke up. And if you go back and look, it's a pretty rough go for her since that. So I don't know if she's still recovering from that or there's something else going on. But Greet Menon has not only been losing, but losing by a lot. Kasakina is a great player, someone who generally does well in some of these smaller events. When she shows up, she sees an opportunity to get a title and to get some ranking points. And I think that's what we're going to have. She should put away men in here. I, I'm thinking we're going to see something like 6-4, 6-2. And instead of laying the spread, which is around five and a half games, give me under 19, which is relatively cheap here. You can find that at less than standard juice. You know, we're going to cover in a lot more situations there than you are if um, Kasakina covers the spread. And we've got a really big money line here. Martin Silva minus 275. And you could play that straight up. You could parlay that with something. I just couldn't find a good partner for it. Um, as I looked at all the other matches, in both tournaments, I couldn't find a good partner for it. But Teresa Martinkova, somebody I picked to win this tournament, goes up against Oceane Dodan, should absolutely crush her in this match. I had this closer to minus 400, honestly. Um, tweaked it down a little bit after I started, but it just looks like a big edge to me. Not interested in laying the spread. Martin Sova is right around minus four, minus four and a half games. And there is a chance that Dodan and her are comfortable just serving through this. And we end up like with a seven, six, seven, five match that the score looks close, but it never really was. So take the 275 if you want to play that straight up. I think it's a great bet, even though we're laying that much juice or find something to put it with. You know, take some of Matt's bets, sprinkle it in there, lay it on top of the two parlays I put on top. I was able to put it in with something yesterday. So hopefully you might already have this if you follow my sheet there on my Twitter profile, but find something to do with Martin Silva today, minus 275. That's what you said it there. I, I love 
taking that parlay and taking either one of your two that you have up top and making, you know, maybe a third parlay where a, a taking the one, one of the two you had up top by itself and then taking it again with her added to it. That's like with, with uh, baseball, the NBA football rolls around. I, I'm a big fan of taking the, the two or three heavier favorites, you know, minus 250, minus 300, throwing it in a parlay and games. You're pretty confident of, of how the money line is going to go, trying to create some value with it there. If, uh, I feel like I say the word value when I'm betting all the time because I always want to see that plus one. But uh, that's that. I, I like that. I like that comp, uh, adding adding her onto one of those parlays, if not both, and and rolling the dice that at least one of them hits. Don't forget, Manny. You can have you can lay juice and have value. Floyd Mayweather minus four hundred over Conor McGregor was arguably one that of was the some value. bets anybody could make. That should have been minus a billion. So you know, don't shy away from big numbers. There is t- sometimes value in there, although it, it can be tough. I'm with you. So we got some Monday Speak- Night Football. See, I was going to say, speaking of things that are tough, because they still are too scared of me to hang first touchdown score bets, it is the preseason. I have no idea how you would even do that. But we do have some football tonight. For some reason, Dan didn't seem to think anybody else would care because it's the Falcons and the Jets, but it's preseason football, baby. Everybody wants to watch. Everybody see cares. All these Jets wide receivers, um, endless what I hope are jokes about Zach Wilson and his love of mothers. Um, what do you got? You got any angles here tonight? I mean – Seems makes sense to me. The Falcons are minus two and a half. They have the deeper quarterback room. Not that it's good, but it's deeper. You know, D- Dan's got the comment there. Desmond Ritter season. Ritter's had a pretty good pre, uh, pretty good first game of preseason. Uh, I know the reports are out of camp. He's throwing the ball really well. Um, and then you look at the Jets. They have Mike White and Joe Flacco. As sad as that kind of sounds, competing for a starting job. So you're going to see them each get a good amount of time. And, you know, I, I think obviously you're going to see their best because they're trying to win a job. I couldn't find it on FanDuel. I'm not sure if a lot of the bigger books are going to have this, but I kind of like the first half over because I think you're going to see Desmond Ritter get a lot of run in that first half. And I think you're going to see Flacco and White kind of battling it out probably deep in, into the third quarter. But if you can find a first half over, I'm not even sure what that would be at. Probably around 20-ish, 21 and a half, 20 and a half, something like that. Um, Looking at 20. Okay, I like that. I like that G20. first half over because I think you're going to see those three quarterbacks. Um, you know, obviously Ritter being a rookie, um, he's going to play a lot. He's going to, I don't say give it your all because all quarterback, all you have to give it your all in the NFL. But like, same thing with rookie head coaches, rookie quarterbacks really kind of have to go all out in the preseason. And then you got two guys battling for a job. Give me a first half over. Dig that. I'm, I'm looking around, and actually, I'm kind of changing my mind here a little bit. I think I like Falcons' first half, like you said, with Ritter here, but I feel like the Jets' second half, for some reason, I thought the Falcons had a third quarterback, and I don't know who this Felipe Franks fellow is, but you're going to get Joe Flacco. You're going to get Mike White. They're both competent people who can stand and throw a football. Um, and this third guy, he's been one of my buddies that I talked to gives me preseason bets from time to time. Apparently thinks this Chris Streveler guy is like just a lot of fun for these preseason games and has been good in the second half. So maybe I'll find somebody to do like Falcons first half, maybe do like Jets second half. I don't know. Uh, I think that's a good way to bet. It's all about getting creative with these preseason games because nothing's going to be straight off, straight out. We you have know, to you, bet them. You, you got, you, you got to try, especially these Monday night games. You got to read some reports out of practice. You got to read some game previews, see who's going to be in and out, like we talk about it. But I think the, I like the situation here for for a first half over. And and Dan gave you Felipe Frank's breakdown. I think he's being very generous by calling him a mediocre college quarterback, but he's been a solid he's a tight, tight end. end. I'll he, tell yeah, you, he, he, he transitioned to tight end. That tells me everything I need to know. Yeah. Could be playing quarterback. The most important position on the field. They're going to try him out at tight end. And, hey, that might work. Who knows? Give it a shot. 
Thank you, Digga. All right, anything else we got for the people today? I was looking random soccer. Apparently, I'm going to just give out picks if people are just randomly tossed around. Apparently, Liverpool's a good bet today. Do we have any other random stuff we can cover for the folks? Uh, Dan and I are going to be dropping some college football conference previews starting this week. We should have one a day going for the next five for the for the Power Five conferences. And I think uh, I think Friday is going to when you're when you're out in New York for the U.S. Open. I think Friday might be a week zero preview for for uh, for me and Dan hosting Brown Bag Bets. But we'll see. It's going to be a fun fun week for college football. Just say that. I like that. A lot of college football. Maybe we'll even drag Dan on. We'll do a double win total Wednesday. I'll give you an NBA team. You guys can give us a college one. I like that. We'll figure something out. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll put we'll put a pin in that. We'll see how Dan's feeling. I love volunteering him for stuff, especially live on the show. But yeah, that's it for us today, folks. Nice and sweet. Thanks for watching. Give a lot of thumbs up. Send Andy nice messages. He misses you guys. Right. You know, go into the comment section down in the bottom and comment on what you think Andy's doing on vacation. Maybe that'll be fun. I don't know. But We'll be back tomorrow. See you then.